Thank you for tuning in and welcome to 100% Hustle, the podcast that shines a light on business hustlers who are willing to give their advice for business wins and how to handle failures on the Michigan Business Network. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton, and I have with me Cindy Kangas, Executive Director of the Capital Area Manufacturing Council. Today, we're discussing the important topic of women in manufacturing and the importance of STEM skills in the talent pipeline. Welcome to the 100% Hustle podcast, Cindy. Hello. It's great to be here. Cindy, I'm glad you're here. We hear a lot about STEM these days. Can you fill me in on why there's a need to focus on these skills? The average person that's working in a skilled trade job or in manufacturing is 55 years old. And I don't know about you, but I like electricity and I like new cars. (laughs) And I would like for my home to be taken care of 10, 15, 20 years from now. And there's really this gap. When you and I were growing up, we were exposed to maybe wood shop in school or a metals class or some type of industrial arts class, potentially. And at least there was an exposure. And students, potentially, especially around here, maybe went right into a factory or started working with their hands right after they graduated. And there's been this push to send kids right into college and four-year universities. And a lot of them haven't been exposed to manufacturing and skilled trade jobs. And maybe their parents or their grandparents who worked in these jobs kind of have this narrative that, you know, jobs are, we like to say the four Ds, dirty, dark, dangerous, you know, dingy, that sort of thing. But really manufacturing skilled trade jobs are very high tech. They're very clean. They are jobs that you can work a lifetime in. They're not a plan B. And so we've been really trying as a council to reach out to students, both locally and across the state, to let them know manufacturing and skilled trades is in our DNA, and you may be good at it. There may be something, you know, where you're good at building Legos, you're good at robotics, and that's what the new skilled trades and manufacturing looks like right now. Which is very different from the four Ds you've just described. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Perhaps the five S's get rid of the four D's. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. very true. I was surprised, a little taken back by the 55-year-old average age. I mean, that seems rather experienced to me. I'm going to use those words because that's not far from retirement. You know, I think they're talking retirement is somewhere between 65 and 67 these days. So that leaves 10 or 12 years left in the workforce from these more experienced folks. And so we've got a small window to be able to backfill that big gap that will be left. What are the plans for that? Well, I mean, at this point, I don't know about you, but I'm done having children. So we really have to talk to the talent pipeline that's coming up. We have to potentially look at unique workforce, maybe being more inviting to women, maybe being more inviting to the veteran community or people that are differently abled. We really have to have a think on who's potentially not in our workforce right now and inviting them in and making those accommodations for them. I think that's a great segue into some things I'd been putting thought into most recently. And when I think about manufacturing, and forgive me for this, I think of old guys. And I know there's a push to change that. I had a look at the census data. And in 1970, women made up 38% of all US workers and only 8% of STEM workers. However, by 2019, the STEM proportion had increased to 27%. And women made up 48% of all workers. So We're almost half the workforce and just over a quarter 
in STEM. So I'm wondering, are there specific incentives or are there any sort of plans or programs to get women into manufacturing? Yes. I think, first of all, it's all about culture. A woman wants to work in a place where she knows that her voice is heard, that she's accepted, that there are other people there that may look like her, which is great. And I also think there's something to flexibility. If people want women in the workforce, maybe having, you know, four 10-hour days or allowing her to work part-time, especially if she's juggling family, she wants a work-life balance, then that may be a good fit for her as well. So oftentimes when I attend meetings with HR representatives, they're looking for new ways to even post job descriptions so that they're attractive to women, which is a great thing. It is a great thing. The flexibility is absolutely required. And it's talked about so very often in HR settings when trying to plan workforce. The ideas that some might have about manufacturing is that they may be highly automated or big long shifts, or you said four tens instead of five eights. You know, is there room for shorter shifts, four hour shifts, something like that, something to create a truly flexible environment? We see a lot of women moving into these casual 1099 type of roles where they can do shipped or something like that, where they can pick up and go to work around the family schedule. Can we see something like that in manufacturing? I think we can. I I think it's been slow because usually, obviously, we need the crew on the line producing whatever it is we're producing. But I think that there's been this evolution of how can we make this work for more people, especially after COVID, when people just weren't returning to the workplace most manufacturers realize they need to do something to bring more people back. And so having that flexibility, in addition to having a culture where they're appreciated, is really the winning combination. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Now, you know about COVID in the workplace. You started this role during COVID, didn't you? I did. (laughs) I absolutely did, yes. What an amazing transition time when a manufacturing was kind of split. There was essential and everybody was kind of all hands on deck and trying to get things done safely. And then there was the whole work from home initiative, which impacted every industry in some way, shape or form. And so I commend you and congratulate you for having done it and done it successfully. So now that you've been in the industry for a few years, what sort of tips or lessons learned can you offer me or our listeners about manufacturing and how can you encourage maybe more women to follow your footsteps? I think whenever I speak to young women in general, I always tell them that when they're going in for a job interview, that they should be interviewing 
the person just as much as that person is interviewing them. So ask them how many women they have on staff. Ask them about, you know, PTO days. If daycare is important to you, ask them about that. Take a tour. Don't just sit there and talk to someone across the table. Ask for a tour so that you can see what the floor looks like. You can see what's expected of you. You can see the technology. And I always tell people that it's important not just to learn your job, but to learn the jobs of others around you so that you really have an appreciation for what the company does and what your coworkers do. It's a great way to come in and learn quickly and then move up the food chain, so to speak. A lot of manufacturers really take pride in promoting from within and making people managers, starting them from the bottom and giving them training so that they're able to, you know, be plant manager and be CEOs someday, which is amazing. The culture is a huge thing. Can you talk to me more about training? Is there training that's provided by the council in some sort of way to support the industry? So there are lots of trainings for manufacturers. We have lots of great facilities starting at the high school age locally with, you know, Wilson Talent Center and local RISA programs. Children in high school can absolutely spend half a day at one of these programs and come out and start working from there. We also have LCC West right in our backyard, and there are so many amazing programs going on there. You know, I've been there multiple times, and one of my favorite programs is the welding program there. And I know that those are so amazingly talented, and there's such a need for welders that I think, you know, some people don't even wait for them to graduate. They'll go in for a tour and say, hey, do you want to come work for me, you know, as soon as they see them on the job? So there are absolutely programs that people will need to complete if they're doing specific jobs. And sometimes they can get scholarships for college. And sometimes their workplace, the manufacturers will pay for it. So oftentimes they'll need an employee to have a specific skill and they'll pay to have them go learn that skill at LCC West or somewhere else. Sure. And I think you touched upon one of the problems that the actual community college has is holding their students before employers snatch them out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They're doing a great job. They truly are. So manufacturing industry is as broad as it is deep, and it has so many different convergences of products that are being manufactured or services for that matter. And so is there an average salary that we could speak to in the manufacturing industry, or is that just too big a question? Well, it's actually a couple of questions, (laughs) all in one. So you're right. Manufacturing is broad. I actually have someone that attends a lot of my tours and she's just a small mom and pop shop brewing her own beer. And she said, Cindy, I'm a manufacturer. And I said, well, yes, you are. You're a small brewing company and people don't really think about that. And then there are these large companies that I like to say it's the best secret that shouldn't be a secret that we probably drive by every day on our way to work on the highway. Maybe there's no sign on the outside of the building, but inside their million billion dollar industry shipping globally. And no one knows that they're there. Manufacturing is broad. And I think if you grew up in Lansing, you think it's just General Motors or it's tier one, tier two suppliers to General Motors. And it's not. We're seeing a lot more biotech, med tech coming in. And then we're also seeing, you know, the steels and the plastics and that sort of thing. So it's broad. <laughs> There's a broad array. So we also put together every year a wage and compensation survey. 
with our members. And so, you know, I'll get together with the HR directors afterwards and we'll kind of discuss it. What's your entry level pay? What is your first and second shift or third shift premium? You know, how many vacation days are you getting? What are the benefits? All of those things. So there are definitely specific rates that are within windows for specific jobs, but you really have to take a look at what that company's doing. So let's say entry level at a tier one might be 20 to $25. And then, you know, the more experience they have, or they wait six months and then they get a raise. But if you're a welder and you come in, you may start at 75 to 80 grand and move up. It's all just about the experience and a specific job. So it's very hard for me to say, yes, there's a window, but it's more of a window for each specific job. I figured as much. I thought I'd ask the question because we see a lot of the times when promoting different industries that some of the qualifiers for kids when they're making their decision is how much money am I going to make? rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. We see a lot of the times when promoting different industries that some of the qualifiers for kids when they're making a decision is how much money am I going to make? Yeah. So the industry publication, is that available to the public or is that just something that you use as an internal document for the wages and salaries? It's an internal document that we use for our members. It's a benefit of being a part of the council. Fantastic. So if you're in manufacturing, make sure you join the council so you know if you're on track or not. (laughs) That's true. It's true. (laughs) So Cindy, just leaning into the hustle of the podcast, do you have any side hustles or passion projects that you'd like to shed some light on right now? Well, I have to tell you, I'm personally kind of in this transition period of life. My daughter, who is the youngest of four, just graduated high school. So it kind of left me with a feeling of who needs a ride in the van now? Oh, wait, nobody needs a ride. (laughs) So what am I going to do for myself? And so I've you know, started some Bible studies. I've started some friend group things. But what's really inspired me recently is this Rosie the Riveter group that I've been taking part of. As you know, we've partnered with the American Rosie the Riveter Association through our council, and we hosted Rosie the Riveter Day. And I've really come to admire the history of these women. And just, I guess there are four mothers. They're the ones that started in the factories back in World War II. When men were overseas, they just kind of stepped in and they took their place without even being asked. And they were doing this hard work and they really didn't get the kudos that they should be getting. And they meet on a regular basis. So oftentimes I'll go have lunch with them and meet with them and just hear their stories. And these women are right around 100 now. And so listening to what life was like for them 
way back during World War II, it's amazing. And it's just bringing me a lot of joy because one, I'm hearing it and I'm letting them tell me their stories, but now I can carry them forward. I can share them with the next generation of manufacturers, which has been pretty cool. Oh, that sounds amazing. And it's kind of living history. Are you documenting it or capturing it somewhere? Maybe putting it in the museum and allowing others to hear those same stories. Is there an initiative to do that? Yes. So we've been keeping track of every single thing since I've been a part of it, which has only been, you know, the last couple of years. But since we've really partnered with the Rosies, we've made sure that there are always photographers and videographers there. And this Rosie the Riveter Day that we've created is going to be an annual event on the Capitol lawn. And we just hope that's going to continue to grow with the hopes that, you know, there will be multiple generations there celebrating with us. You know, the 100-year-old Rosies down to their great-great-great-grandchildren that are there considering STEM jobs. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And I think that there's a lot of destruction and building that takes place during wartime. And who knew that a world war would be the platform for demonstrating the abilities of women in the workplace, right? They were our foremothers, that's for sure. They're very strong women. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cindy, do you have any closing words as we come through to the end of our podcast here? Yeah, I always like to tell people that I want them to be influencers. I would love for people to just think about who they know that's a child, maybe in middle school, high school, looking for some direction, and just be an advocate for skilled trades and manufacturing. Let them know it's an option and it doesn't have to be a plan B. It can be a plan A and it can be a great career for them. And it's not dirty, dark, dangerous. No. What's the Dingy. Dingy. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thank you. We're out of time today, but we're not out of hustle. So, Cindy, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you for tuning in to 100% Hustle. I'm your host, Vicki Hamilton on the Michigan Business Network. 